This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Just let me ask you this. After having watched that game, and even the AFC and NFC Championship game, how far away are the Lions from being able to compete with those teams at that time of year at that level? Well, that's – I mean, is it unfair to say that the Lions were probably playing, you know, top three football in the NFC? You know, when you look at the rest of the NFC, I think obviously we say, hey, Philly was playing pretty good and San Francisco was playing pretty damn good. Uh, other than that, you know, what other matchup would would have scared you, you know, in the playoffs? I mean, Dallas, Minnesota, Dallas. Giants. I, I think those are teams that you match up well with. I think that, you know, yeah. even the Dallas, we saw that matchup earlier in the season. Um, certainly that game was a lot closer. I mean, if you remember, it was – what ten to six, and yeah. you know Jamal Williams fumbled on the one yard line late in the third quarter with the chance to go up, and maybe that game looks a lot different. Um, but I think that just the landscape in the NFC right now is totally different than the AFC. AFC, you've got a freaking gauntlet, man. You've got you know these young teams with the Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars that are starting to make some noise, and then you got Buffalo, KC, Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Like that is a freaking gauntlet you got to try to go through uh, to get to the Super Bowl. You don't have that in the NFC right now. You don't. Um, Philly, good team. San Fran, good team, right? Yeah. Um, I don't look at them as being teams that the Lions are extremely far behind, though. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and Just a couple pieces, it, but you don't look at, oh, my God, we're playing Kansas City or, oh, my God, we're playing Cincinnati. You, you know, good luck. Or we're playing Buffalo. Yeah, good luck, man. Like, these are teams in the NFC that you have to battle to get to that point that I think, for the most part, I mean, add a couple more pieces, they could be toe-to-toe with a lot of them. Yeah, and, I mean, you look and you say, okay, well, San Francisco, there's still some question marks about what they're going to do at the quarterback position. Obviously, Brock Purdy played well at the end of the year. What does he do coming off of elbow surgery? You know, he's not going to be able to to participate in practices throughout the course of the offseason. He's not going to be able to throw to receivers. How does that stunt his growth, and how does that affect his play next year if he's the guy? Trey Lance, we didn't see him much in year one. In year two, we saw one monsoon game that he played in with the Bears, and they lost, but then he gets hurt in, in week two. We don't see him again, and how yeah. much does that injury affect his his game in terms of being a mobile style quarterback? And then, obviously, how does it affect San Francisco defensively? They're stacked. I mean, there's no question about that. Yeah. But when you talk about hey, teams that you match up well against, that would be one. And it's it's kind of the same thing as Dallas. Now Dallas isn't on the same level as San Francisco, but defensively. They're a really good defense. Yeah. Offensively, I don't. I don't trust Dak Prescott. Um, Why? And you would, 
Oh, <laughs> He's such a dick. Walter Payton, man of the year. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not going to be the Dallas or the uh, the Washington fan that boos the NFL uh, ma- man of the, the year. Philly fans. Yeah, that, yeah. I may not cheer as loudly as some other fan bases, but uh, yeah, that was. Not surprising, though, uh, no. that Philly would boo yeah, him. I think that's, that's what makes football so great. But to your point, and I, th- but I still think that there's there's a big step to have to take when you talk about at the end of the year was Detroit playing as as a top three team in the NFC. Sure, you can make that argument, but to make the NFC Championship game, you got to be one of the top two. Yeah, and. I'm just. I think there's a big step, and you would know better than me because you you were able to be a part of a, a, a team that made that step, got to the NFC Championship game, made that next step, got to the Super Bowl. Um, you know how big of a step is it from divisional round to conference round? It's uh, it's defense driven. Yeah. I mean it is, and there seems to be two kind of different mottos just when you look at it on paper between the AFC and NFC. The AFC kind of seems like. It's in an arms race for offensive talent, right? We got to score more points than the Chiefs. We got to score more points uh, than the Bills and the Bengals, right? Or, or than the Chargers, right? We got to build, 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 build offense. Um, then the NFC, you kind of look at it and you say, a little bit more of an arms race for defensive players. Like yeah. we have no problem go winning a seventeen thirteen game or you know twenty one to twenty whatever it may be. Uh, Philly, you know, dominating defense. San Fran, you know, dominating defense. Um, that just kind of seems to be the way that the NFC is going. And if you're going to compete with those teams, now certainly, yeah, they can all score on offense. We saw that uh, with Philly and San Fran as well. But they were defensive-driven teams. Uh, The Lions are going to have to get to that point. And right now you look at it and you say, okay, we're in a better situation than we were last year. I think at this point last year we were looking at this defense saying, Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You probably need to replace maybe eight or nine of the guys on your team. You know, on on your on your that side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, this year you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, we got some pieces, right? We got the Aiden Hutchinson, right? We got the Malcolm Rodriguez. You know, Kirby Joseph, man, looked pretty good, right? Now you're looking at maybe, hey, we get three or four more pieces. Um, you're just continuing to build uh, to stockpile some talent and build your way into being one of those teams that can contend with these other teams based off of how your defense looks. Now, I think, you know, and and we talked about this earlier, I think when you look back, you know, hopefully in 10 years from now, we look back, you know, and this Lions team is, hey, maybe they turn into, uh, you know, Kansas City or Cincinnati or one of these longtime contending teams. Uh, I think this is going to be the biggest offseason for Brad Holmes' career. I do. Not only with the – uh, cap space that they have. We know they're going to restructure some contracts and um, probably release a couple contracts to get back up uh, to where they can make a couple moves and bring in a couple key players. But uh, continuing to build through the draft, right? Continuing to bring in those, uh, as you said with Philly, the homegrown players. Uh, we've seen the last couple drafts that Brad Holmes had. I mean, last year you look at uh, you know six of the seven guys, uh, rookies, getting significant playing time. Uh, and being uh, damn good players for this team, 
Now, I think that's unrealistic to expect every year, but if you go in every this year, you know, what, four of the top 60 picks, uh, you know, two of them being in the top 18. You know, if you yeah. can go get another three, four young guys that can come in and not even necessarily have the day one impact that, you know, Aiden Hutchinson did. We don't need players of the year, but we need guys that can come in and be damn good football players. Uh, that's going to take this team a long way, and it's just going to reset – the foundation. It's going to reset the floor, right? Because I think last year they were hoping for it to get to this point where they could, uh, you know, raise the bar, so to say. Um, but now they've done it. They've done it. They the, the, with the last ten games, you know, winning eight and two. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't an accident. You know what yeah. I mean? So when you step foot in that building again, you know, in April and May, whether you be a veteran or whether you be a young player, you're going to understand there's different expectations and. I think that it's up to Brad Holmes to bring in the right guys. Um, and look, is it unfair to say, you know, if you add three more key players defensively uh, that this team could turn into, you know, one of the top two or three teams consistently in this uh, NFC conference? I don't think that's far-fetched. But I think it's going to be up to Brad Holmes to bring in the right pieces. And I'm, I think you're right. I think we're going to look back and say – the 2022 draft where he got, you know, six of the seven draft picks right. And they, they're young players, they've gotten great production, and they're going to continue to develop. That might be the pivotal draft. This might be the pivotal offseason where there's a number of different ways you can acquire players, whether it's through free agency trade or the draft. Yeah. And this is where you start adding the pieces and you start to see the picture, right? Yeah. I mean, we're kind of seeing it a little bit. But defensively, and you mentioned this, the NFC is more of a defense-driven. If you're going to make that jump from non-playoff team to playoff team and then playoff team to divisional or conference round, you're going to have to improve on defense. Well, you look at the numbers, and I understand that the the final 10 games of the season – told a different story than the first seven games. But at the end of it, it just shows you how bad they were at the start of the season because they still ended as a bottom team in most categories yeah. defensively. 